getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I am sitting in for uh, Chad Jensen. Like to call me the deacon next to your football priest. And this guy over here is one of the football priests. This is Zach Kelberman. Um, you know, Chad says you know him and you love him, but Zach, I'm not sure that's entirely true all the time. I think I think they know you, but you know what? I've always said loved, hated, but never ignored, right? How are you doing tonight, my friend? I think that was one of the first things I said when Chad started doing that whole spiel, Scott, was they might know me, but not all of them love me. So it's kind of a I'm a hit or miss commodity in Broncos country. But, Scott, I'm so, so happy football's here. What a wild Sunday this has been. Obviously, your Falcons went down today, but we had that crazy Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game. The Colts tied. Aaron Rodgers got blown out. I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on today, and I'm so happy it's week one. Yeah, Ernie Mays doesn't like to acknowledge the fact, one of our beloved community members does not like to acknowledge the fact that there are other teams in the NFL, or at least he doesn't like us to acknowledge that there's other teams in the NFL. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the game tomorrow night, um, tw- mere 24 hours away, uh, as you get the encore, the encore in the Monday night game against the Seattle Seahawks, first-year coaches and how they've done, 5-2-1 and one so far. Um, and some of the injury reports, more questions than answers on the last injury report, but there is a definite that came in today, and we'll talk about that. Uh, and we'll talk about a little AFC West, of course, and, and then we'll hit the chat. What do you guys want to talk about? That's what we'll find out tonight. Um, first, let's take care of some matters of business. PristineAuction.com is back with Mile High Huddle. PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. We are teaming up with Pristine Auction once again on another great giveaway. Viewers can win a Peyton Manning signed framed photo. Check out our Twitter page for pics of this great piece of memorabilia. To win, all you have to do is head to pristineauction.com and click register on the top of the page or just follow the link in the podcast description. When you register, use our registration code Elway. You should be able to remember that one to be entered. And as a bonus, Pristine Auction will kick in $10 off your first winning auction. 
Yeah, guys, every item on pristineauction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use the code Elway when you sign up. Again, pristineauction.com slash register or use the link in the show description. Remember to use the code Elway and get $10 off your first item one and be entered to win a Peyton Manning signed frame photo. The drawing will be held monday september 19th and yeah, thank you uh pristine auction support the support the folks that help support the show and uh let me take the chance here to remind everybody to hit that subscribe like and share button especially the share button and like uh we were at about 90 so as we get started we like to f- we should finish up around the neighborhood of 300 that helps with you hitting the uh the the the, the likes and shares and and kind of goosing those algo bots and let people know that we're here so uh, I guess the big news for the weekend was uh, for for Denver Broncos anyway, Zach, was that linebacker Josie Jewell was ruled out. Um, the last one of the last press conferences were a lot of questionables and a doubtful. That doubtful has been downgraded to out. What were your initial impressions when you heard that that Jewell was not going to be playing? I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Jewel being, I've seen some comments like he's made of glass. He sucks. It's just another unfortunate injury for Josie. And uh, I hope it doesn't linger because calves are tough to rehab and tough to come back from. And he's the Broncos inside linebacker one. But that was my bigger thought initially was again, look where the Broncos are when one above average and I'm being kind starter goes down. They're left with buck uh, bubble tape bubble tape, duct tape, and bubble wrap at the position. And after years of ignoring it, Scott, you know, we all wanted Roquan Smith, but the underscore point there is that they neglected the position, haven't had free agent resources dumped into it, haven't spent a draft pick worth a lick at inside linebacker, and now the Broncos are down to, let's see, Jonas Griffith coming off a dislocated elbow, Alex Singleton, I know, and Justin Sternot. God help the Broncos if that's how it lasts. Yeah, let's let's take the chance here. Not everybody uh, wanted Roquan Smith just because this is a chance to shout out our good friend of the show, Ethan, the DWI guys over in London. He'll probably check us out in the morning. This is a chance to say that Ethan was pounding the table for Chad Muma. It's almost like a reflex. Do I look fat in this? No. Is she prettier than me? No. Who should we have taken in the third round? Muma. That's it's just uh, one of those reflex things. So shout out to shout out to Ethan who's been banging that drum for an inside linebacker pretty much, you know, since I've known him. And speaking of banging that drum, Phil McLaughlin comes in with some with some stars, uh, breaking the ice for us on Facebook. He says, good evening, Zach and Scott. Got to admit, Casey looked good today. I'm actually glad we are playing them later in the season. Uh, let's ride MHH for life. Um, the, uh, the reports of their demise have been greatly exaggerated. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Andy Reid. And as I'm watching Patrick Mahomes with a scout's eye, he's one of those guys It's like, I don't watch him play. Just if you're a quarterback, don't look at him and say, oh, that's how I want to do it, because he does stuff that just nobody else does. It's, it's, you know, I know for a neutral fan of the game, he's really, really fun to watch. I mean, I know that's going to sound, you know, terrible on this podcast, but I am a fan of the game. Uh, that's why I'm here you know that's that's how i've gotten here and I, he's fun to watch do some of the things that are just so unorthodox you know backstep fades he's shooting three pointers into the corner of the end zone and dropping them in you know dropping dimes in you know uh you know shovel passes underhanded you know not the side flip uh you, you know we've, we've seen the sidearm stuff 
he's really good. And, and Zach, Tyreek Hill was really good for the Dolphins too. So, you know, Tyreek Hill is a good player. It wasn't just one making the other look good. They're both really good. And the Chiefs are going to be a handful this year. Yeah, you said exactly perfectly how I feel about Mahomes in Kansas City. I mean, Broncos fans can hate them all they want, but they have to recognize a great quarterback uh, when one comes around. Unfortunately, he plays for Kansas City, but Patrick Mahomes, you you, you mentioned the basketball analogy there. He might not be MJ, but I think he's Steph Curry. Just what he does at the position, how unique and transformative and transcendent he is. Boy, is he a lot of fun to watch. And anyone, that's why on the on these podcasts, Scott, Chad, you and me, we all predicted the Chiefs record. And a lot of people were saying, you know, 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. No, they're going to be a higher win team than most people realize. And it could be where they just run away with the AFC West once again. But I will say, I, I don't think this was a huge barometer for the Chiefs because they were playing a Cardinals team that just had no one on offense. And they have, I think they still have VJ as their DC and that defense was completely overwhelmed. I believe Kansas city plays the chargers in week two. And I, that'll be much more of a litmus test as to where the West stands going forward. Man, the chargers open up their season with two, you know, back to back because then they've got Bronco. No week three is, uh, is 49ers. Right. So, but I feel like the, the Raiders or chargers are coming up pretty quick. And, and, and no, I, this is the season to overreact. Week one is overreaction central. It's not an overreaction to say that Patrick Mahomes is really good. You know, is he going to throw for 17 times five? You know, is he going to throw for 85 touchdowns? No, he's not. He's not always going to be as good as he was today. That's unsustainable. But he's really good. And the Chiefs are a really good football team. And, you know, I think to a man, everybody at MHH and, and woman, if you asked, uh, you know, who's who's the favorite for this division? I don't remember hearing anybody saying anybody other than the Kansas City Chiefs, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind yet. A lot of people thought it was going to be the Tyree kill, you know, it was going to kill the offense, but most people don't realize they added three receivers to make up for one Tyree kill, and all the receivers they added kind of just fit that Kansas City identity and their offense, and when you have a a future Hall of Fame coach, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You have Travis Kelsey on offense still. You're going to be fine. So they're not going to be taken lightly, and the Broncos will have their hands full later in the year. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Did you know that Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance can help to cover your final expenses, such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts? It's true. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555. Just answer four easy questions to get your free, personalized quote instantly by texting INSURE to 30555. See website for terms and restrictions. Garth Knight coming in on YouTube. He says, MHH country. Let's ride. Scott, I know Matt Ryan was pretty good for a decade, but I haven't seen him pass above 25 effect, twenty-five yards effectively for a spell. Your thoughts? By the way, Jewel News is a bummer. Um, My thoughts on that is a, a lot around the, the team itself. Um, The last two seasons, you know, he was basically without Julio Jones. He threw a bunch. He's actually pretty accurate. If you look at advanced metrics, he's actually pretty accurate on the deep ball when he gets the time to throw one. 
Um, he had the least amount of time, you know, he was, he was, he's been sacked 85 times, 125 times the last three years, 85, the last three, he's just gotten the hell beat out of him playing for Atlanta. Um, got off to a slow start with the Colts today. I think that's that for a team that has playoff aspirations to go in and get a tie, you know, and and get outplayed by Houston. Um, that game starting to look better for on, on the schedule for, for the Denver Broncos. I think they will be better. They will play better. But it wasn't a a really fast start for for the Colts. So, uh, and yeah, the, the the jewel news is a bummer. I mean, again, you know, last year was a a big a big injury. You know, T.J. Watt. Let's think about him. He had the same thing happen today. Uh, torn pectoral. It, they haven't done an MRI, but that's what they think. And frankly, you know, uh, my I, Zach. I think I've told you my 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 uh, brother in law is a a doctor, physical therapist type rehabilitation specialist. And he says, that's just kind of a gross injury because it, it tears. And then it looks like you got hit with a baseball bat and it just pulls and drains down your yeah, side and stuff. Yeah. The bruise and stuff. So I got, I got it up. If they're talking torn pectoral, they pretty much know they're not going to need, uh, need it. So that, that is, that's a bummer for him. And it's a bummer for jewel. I mentioned what, because that happened today. Jewel happened last year and you're thinking, okay, he's back. And you know, again, are, are you starting to get the the injury prone label, or is this you know just a rough game? I mean, it is a rough game, but you know, a lot of guys play 16, 17 games a year. Yeah, it is a bummer for Jewel, and my God, what a bummer for T.J. Watt. He was literally destroying that game. The Steelers' defense was remarkable today against Joe Burrow, and T.J. Watt was a huge reason why. So that's definitely best defensive player in football for my money, even over Aaron Donald. He is that impactful. Definitely sucks for him. And I think you and I disagree a little bit on Matt Ryan, Scott. I was a huge fan of him back in his prime, but now I feel the W word washed can be associated with Matt Ryan when you have a better team around you. And it was at Indy, I think the game was today, right? And you're tying. No, it was in Houston. It was it in Houston? Houston? I thought it was, I saw a dome. So when you're still tying, yeah. though, when you can't beat Davis Mills, Lovey Smith, and you're tying with them, even though Chad, the kicker for the Colts, whatever his – I forgot his name was, Blankenship. No, that's, was, uh, that's Rodrigo. He was a Georgia boy with the with the specs. So he, he, he kicked in goggles that looked a lot like these. Yeah, he needs better goggles because he missed that chip shot. But, yeah, yeah, it was a tough week one game. But, like you said, it's the season for overreacting. There's a lot of football left to be played. Yeah, I mean, he, he drove him down there, passed well. You know, the numbers are good. But uh, he's he's got to get a little bit more aggressive pushing the ball downfield. And, again, for me, it's hard, <clears throat> it's hard for me to say I, I can't get a read on Matt Ryan because everything else around him was so crap. You know, I, I said, you know, wait – the refrigerator's not cold enough. You know, how do you know it's not cooling well enough? The power's out. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you if it's, if it's going to be cold enough because there's no power to it. The power is the problem, not the refrigerator. So he, sh- you know, again, we'll see first game, first game out. Um, you know, his number two receiver is going to be a rookie. Michael Pittman is his number one receiver and played like it today. This is some fantasy talk for everybody. Michael Pittman's a beast and had big numbers today. And so did Jonathan Taylor and, and Biggie came in and said pretty much exactly what you did. He was just wrecking that game um, before, before he got hurt. Um, someone asked, it's in here somewhere, you know, how, how concerned it may be, uh, maybe Jesse comes coming in here on Facebook. He says, how concerned should we be about Josie's injury? Cavs aren't quite as scary as hamstrings. So they're usually, they don't linger quite as bad, but you know, if you don't get off it and take care of it, it can, 
be a recurring injury. So if he was close this week, I would think he should be a full go pretty soon. Hamstrings are the, they're, they're voodoo. The hamstrings are the voodoo of injuries. You just don't know. You know, someone's there with a freaking pin and a cupid doll stick, jamming you in the back of the leg. You're like, I thought I was okay. You know, sometimes a clean break is what you want. Oh, I broke an ankle. Okay, six weeks, you'll be good to go. Done. Uh, so the calf shouldn't be too problematic. Shouldn't be, not that I'm a doctor, and I always love it when they say, well, we hate to speculate, speculate, but we're gonna anyway. It should be okay in the long term, and he is crucial, crucial to this defense and stopping the run game. Uh, my thing with the uh, with any injury prone player, and I guess we'll use that descriptor for Josie Jewell. It's like a hangnail could linger for them. You never really know how they're going to uh, respond to therapy and rehab and everything, and when they'll be back. But hopefully, in Jewell's case, it's a one week injury. And my thing is this: if if you need Josie Jewell to beat the Seahawks, you might have a bigger problem. If there's a game where they can get by Seattle, Scott, without Josie Jewell, they still have Griffith. Singleton looked okay. They're high on Sternod. And inside linebacker is such a, a de-emphasized position in this Broncos defense. Maybe kick Baron Browning over to inside linebacker for a few snaps. But you shouldn't need Josie. Let him get healthy. Heck, give him week two to get healthy. You can take down Houston without Josie Jewell. Bring him back for week three, 100%, and let's go forward. Yeah, I don't think this is the the ground and pound of, you know, the, the Legion of boom teams where they could just beat you up the middle. Uh, the, the weakness of the Seattle team, and there's, there's plenty of them, but it kind of lines up with the weaknesses of the, what we think are of the, the Denver Broncos, you know, how tough are the Broncos going to be right up the gut of the defense? Well, the, the Seahawks aren't great right up the middle. Okay. Well that favors the Broncos and it favors uh, this matchup and getting him healthy. And Lawrence comes in with some stars. Thank you, Lawrence. He says, uh, that that Mac and Bosa edge is going to be a pain. Yes, yes, it is. It's one of my notes when we're talking about other games. Um, look for them to be a force, especially in the end of games like today. It reminds me of Ware and Vaughn. Do you remember Ware and Vaughn? They, they, they had one season together, didn't they, Zach? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a, a fairly short-lived duo, but it does look like it's going to be an issue for any team. I mean, not just for the Broncos. That was the whole point of what uh, uh, the Chargers did going out and getting Khalil Mack. All we have to do, all we can do, Scott, is hope that Garrett Bowles and Billy Turner are up to the task on the edges and Russell Wilson has enough time. Gary Lee's Palmer says, Hey, Zach and Scott, a lot of teams need kickers. Go Broncos and let's ride. Uh, I don't consider kickers football players, but I get asked all the time, um, what do you think is the hardest position to scout? It, it would it would be kickers because a, a big leg doesn't really mean anything. There's there's guys, there's thousands of, of people that can kick a 50-yard field goal. Thousands, literally. It's not physically that hard to do. So it's completely 100% mental um, in order to pull that off. You know, it's like knocking in a three foot putt. Everybody can do it. Can you do it with the masters with, you know, the masters on the line and all those people doing, I, I wouldn't, I'd probably pass out. So it's, 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 it's tough. Lots of guys need kickers. Well, it's nice not to be one of those teams, right? Denver Broncos and, and Gary, thank you for the stars and being such a huge friend of the show. What you said, Scott, is so true. Anyone can kick a 50-yard field goal, or not anyone, but a lot of people can. But consistency, 
Can you nail that kick with the clock running down, people rushing at you, all the pressure on you? Can you do it over a course of a season or multiple years in the case of uh, Justin Tucker, Brandon McManus? You know, McPherson from Cincinnati, his name was Money McPherson for a reason during last year's postseason. He was that automatic. He was that clutch. But sometimes it doesn't go your way. Sometimes you have a meltdown and you have to be appreciative for the teams like the Broncos who don't really have those issues. And uh, Garth Knight comes in. He says again, uh, appreciate you, Garth. I'm glad Pat McAfee's time got Matt Ryan with all their Russ hate. They deserve him. They think Matt Ryan is a Navy SEAL, maybe in the village people. Uh, yeah, YMCA. Um, yeah, I, I just see some of the stuff. And they, they speak well of Matt Ryan, but I, I, I hadn't seen them talk badly. But again, I, I see what comes across my Twitter feed every so often. I just, I don't listen to those things. I like Pat McAfee well enough, though. He seems like a... Uh, an intelligent, you know, well, not even well-spoken, but, you know, honest. I guess that's the big one for me is he gives honest takes. So has, has there been a lot of Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos hate on the Pat McAfee show? I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before. I haven't heard that either. I really, uh, it would stick with me. I feel like if Pat McAfee were to, you know, somehow start dogging Russell Wilson, but that's, Indianapolis's problem. You know, Matt Ryan, whatever happens there, that's the Colts. That's on them. I'll tell you, though, for the Broncos, what is it, week four, week five, whatever the Broncos play, I-, I am not shaking in my boots to take on this Colts team after watching one week of football. You take away Jonathan Taylor and make Matt Ryan beat you, I like the Broncos' chances. Call me crazy. Well, t- taking away Jonathan Taylor is easier said than done. However, um, would they rush him today about 40 times? You know, the, g- the game goes to overtime. Let me see here. Let me scroll down. Hit that box score. 31 carries for 161 yards. That's unsustainable. He had just a just a little, maybe 330 last year, <clears throat> which led the league by a decent distance. And, you know, 30 carries times 17. Yeah, that's 510. I'd, you know, stop making me do math, Zach. Um, the, uh, that, that's unsustainable. So they're going to have to find other ways to do it. But, they had the ball a lot because you know then Matt Ryan throws the ball fifty times. So you know you're you're there. Were, there were a ton of plays. You know I think the Broncos ran fifty plays in the last game of the season. You know those two had fifty to, had eighty together. So um, should be very. They'll get better. They they'll they'll get better. First first game out there together. Andrew Baker. What's up, uh, Zach and Scott and fam? That's that's all y'all. We waited this long. Can't we can wait and. We can wait another day. I hope they do boo Russ. Peyton got cheered and lost. Um, I I would expect the opponent to get booed to a certain extent. I don't know. I mean, it's it's football. It's a little bit of a different crowd. Um, I've seen it in baseball. Baseball is not quite as emotional because there's 162 freaking games. And when a guy comes... Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance... It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Between you and me, I always knew that I needed life insurance, but I just kept putting it off. Then I found the Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Plan, and it took all the worry out. Now I know that I won't be a burden to my family because it can help cover my final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts. 
and it can help you too. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed with this policy regardless of your health history. There are no medical exams to complete or lengthy health questionnaires to fill out. Simply text INSURE to 30555 and premiums don't increase over time. The amount you pay when coverage begins is the same amount you'll pay throughout the duration of your policy. Just answer four easy questions to get your free personalized quote instantly by texting INSURE to 30555. See website for terms and restrictions. Back, you cheer him. You know, you, you, you cheer him when he comes back for the most part. Um, if they were good servants to the club, and I don't think anybody can say Russell Wilson was anything but, they might not like how it ended, but they're, they're want to believe the stories they are being told that makes them feel better about the team they still support. But at the end of the day, they'll see how Russell Wilson handled himself, which was pure class. And they'll remember that. And he has nothing but good things to say. They might boo him. But when it's all said and done, they'll embrace him afterwards. You know, they'll, you know, when he's not playing against them anymore, they will remember Russell Wilson fondly and appreciate the stars, Andrew. Uh, when you have the head coach pretty much encouraging the fan base to boo the opposing player, I'd be shocked if we don't hear a smattering of boos. But like Scott said, let's assume the Broncos do end up victorious in this game. Uh, when he's having his post-game press conference, for example, getting an interview, I can see Seahawks fans making their way down and to the lower level of the stadium, and they'll stick around and cheer Russell Wilson for what he did do because it's unignorable. You know, it might have ended, uh, you know, the marriage wasn't ended peacefully, but you can't ignore what he did in Seattle, what he brought to the city, what he meant for the franchise and uh, how good of a quarterback he really is. So hopefully there's more level-headed Seahawks fans in real life than there are in social media because by God, are they salty. Hold this L though. <laughs> yeah, I remember way back in the day, you might remember Jeff George. He was not the epitome of class. And he came back after playing with the Falcons and, and won when he was on the, I don't even remember who he was playing for because Jeff George was fairly forgettable. So were the Falcons, but he did a, like a point at the crowd victory lap after the game. <laughs> That's my kind of guy. After the game. I'm like, dude, this is Atlanta. You'd be lucky you don't get shot. Um, but it's like, you're, that's, you're not going to expect that from Russell Wilson for goodness sakes. It's going to be uh it's going to be very, Win or lose, he's going to be super gracious. He's very, very polished. That Russell Wilson image is spot on, and it's because it's genuine. You know, I kind of think, Zach, sometimes when we're talking about him, you know, uh, I think of the movie, you know, Tin Cup. You're like, yeah, when the cameras aren't there, he hates dogs, he hates kids, he hates old people. You know, and then uh, Don Johnson comes on. It's like, can't you see I'm working here? Do I bother you at work? What an ugly dog. I'm like... Is that, the, is that the moment we're going to get Russ? Is that really Russell Wilson? Yeah, no, Russell Wilson, I think, is pretty genuine. I, you know, when you mentioned Jeff George, I had to think, uh, was that the quarterback, and I know it's not now, that knocked himself out by celebrating hitting his head on? That was Kerry Collins. No, I think that was Gus Farratt, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was it Gus Farratt? I Damn. think it was Gus Farratt. Or Gus Farratt took the job of whichever idiot ran into. It was, it was with Washington, I believe. Scores a touchdown, oh, headbutts man. a concrete wall, and like concusses <laughs> and jams his neck. I, I think Gus Verrat may have taken the job of whichever person did that. Someone in the chat can help us out. That was that was a long time ago. That wasn't Jeff George, though. Jeff George was 
Nuke Lelouch, uh, you know, million, million dollar arm and 10 cent head, you know, just beautiful, beautiful passes throw for a zillion. It was Gus. Okay. Um, could show, throw a beautiful pass. Number one overall pick. Um, but, uh, you know, just kind of an idiot, kind of an idiot. It was, it was an interesting generation of quarterbacks. Yeah. Gus Farad, good old Gus. I yeah, just, I mean, it'll never think that's, that's the, that's we're talking about the nineties there. Uh, you know, who is the, who's the big name goofball in the mid eighties? It's Jim McMahon. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're uh, you know, you can't all be Joe cool and Joe Montana and John Elway. So, you know, you got the anti-hero and Jim McMahon. We're, we're, man, we're getting way off track today. So, um, <laughs> having some having some fun with this one um but i said earlier that uh you know new coaches are five two and one and can uh can hackett keep that going tomorrow and uh and and keep continue the trend i think uh you know the magic eight ball if you shake it up it says it looks looks probable you know it's looking good you know, as I wrote in the roundtable article for MHH, it, it might be a case where the it, the fireworks that y'all are expecting, we're all hoping for, they might not materialize in the first quarter, second quarter, the first half. It might take until the fourth quarter before the offense finds its rhythm. Hell, it might be where the Broncos don't find the rhythm in game one at all, and they have to do that going forward. I, I think it could be the defense just dominates Geno Smith, the Seahawks offense. I just, Scott, I don't see a way Level playing field, all things being equal, the Broncos lose this, barring a major injury or just the Seahawks playing out of their minds. The Broncos are just a better team, and they're mm-hmm. fueled by that criticism. Russ is fueled by that that hit piece. He's fueled by that return to Seattle. I mean, unless Rashad Penny runs for like 300 yards and five touchdowns, it's hard for me to pick Seattle in this game. That's, I mean, that's you, – you talk about it's like, okay, what's the scary – thought of uh, the Denver Broncos offense right now. Okay, right tackle. All right. Well, your tackle situations are in better situation than than Seattle's are right now. Um, you know, in theory, you know, you're you're talking you're talking about two rookies out there. Um, depending on who's who's playing, but if it's if it's Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, you got two rookies going out there. Your interior line hasn't been great. Your quarterback is a journeyman backup at best. Um, you got two good receivers, really good receivers. But as we talked about, you know, what, what good are receivers if you can't get them the ball? Um, you know, and then on the defensive side of the ball, it's 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 a team that gave away, you know, three first round draft picks for a safety, you know, and in the box safety, you know, they're they're not they're not a great it's not a great roster. You know, it's not a great roster. And I'm not a hundred percent sure this team is, you know giving it all for, I'm not saying they're, they're not, but there comes a time where you start tuning out the message from the head coach and you need a change for change sake. You know, if, if you're not having success, does this team say, you know, we're one season away from getting a new coach and they're just kind of mailing it in, so to speak, you know, Pete Carroll's pretty good motivator and all, but his, his days are numbered. I think they know that too. It was either Pete Carroll or I mean. It's it's hard. It's hard to give everything every that it takes in this game with fine margins when you're you're playing for a guy whose days are numbered. 
and you're playing for a guy I think who's uh, coaching in the wrong decade. And does that sound familiar? Because it should. It sounds like Vic Fangio, you know, an older, stubborn coach. Even though he's a better motivator, um, he still wants to win games, ground and pound, win games 13-10, play not to lose. That's not the Broncos' style of football. Though I will agree with Todd Ostendorf here. If the Broncos win 21-17, I'm good with that. It might be closer to a you know a lower score game than it would be. I don't see a 40-0 blowout, Scott. I don't know about you. It could be a defensive struggle early on. The Broncos defense should do just put the clamps on Geno and the Seahawks offense. Russell Wilson could throw for two touchdowns, three touchdowns. He could have no touchdowns. But I think the offense, as the game goes on, will find its rhythm. And the Broncos, most importantly, will come out with a W. You see a lot of these games, and they come down to the second half like that, is that the better team eventually grinds it out. The team with a little bit better depth and the better roster eventually finds a way to win. This isn't... This isn't baseball, you know, where the worst team wins 60 games and the best team loses 60 games. You know, this is football where there's a huge disparity with a team that'll go one in 16 and one that could go 15 and two, um, where it's a, it's a physical game and bigger, faster and stronger is usually the winning team over the course. So you look at, and I, I bring this up because it's like, you look at some of these scores today and, and how it works, especially in week one. You're like, okay, um, Saints, Falcons. Falcons have the Saints, you know, by the cojones, and they, they're just not good enough, you know, besides that, they're the Falcons. Um, the, the, you know, blowing leads is what they do, but they, they've got zero depth, and the better team eventually wore them down in the second half and outscored them and won. Um, Eagles, Lions, you know, the, the, it, was, it was 7-0 Lions after one, and then, you know, the better team comes around. Jets, Ravens, Jets, 10 to 3 at halftime. Then the better team comes along. Uh 14 3, Washington over the Jaguars. The Jaguars are terrible. You know, better team again. Browns, Panthers. Um, you know, I, I could go on, I won't. That's, you're probably getting bored. But again, the better team usually distances themselves in the second half. And you can do Kelberman's quarter at halftime and everybody can be losing their mind because it's seven to six. <laughs> That'll be what happens too. I can already see it. You know, you get rid of <laughs> Russell Wilson, you know, fire Nathaniel Hackett. Pete Carroll was right. Yada, we yada. can't move the ball. We can't. You know, they're dropping. Did you know that Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance can help to cover your final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts? It's true. If you're between 50 and 80 years old or 50 to 75 in New York, your coverage is guaranteed regardless of your health history, and there are no medical exams required. Simply text INSURE to 30555. Just answer four easy questions to get your free personalized quote instantly by texting INSURE to 30555. See website for terms and restrictions. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Pat, you know, it's it happens. I mean, I, my gut tells me that the second half of games or the scoring is like 50% higher. It's just that's just yeah. the way it seems a lot. You know, I mean, going down and scoring early, there's it's just teams have like a feeling out period where the, the the defenses can run on adrenaline and emotion for a quarter. And then it comes down to the better team usually, you know, and they, they, they take them down. And, and there are outliers as well. Like the giants taking down Tennessee today and the Vikings taking down the Packers. But you know, that stuff is immaterial to the Broncos. The Broncos have to go out there tomorrow night and play their brand of football. They are the better team. And if we're, if they're as good as we all think they are, it'll come out in the uh, final score. Um, I, I'm not convinced that it is an outlier, Minnesota being Green Bay. I'm, I'm just not. Nick and I had that discussion last week. You know, I may have been Biggie, but somebody asked, uh, Seattle's run defense offense is, is legit. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, what are the good teams, the teams that are projected to be good that you, th- you know, think could, could be bad. We both said Cincinnati Bengals because their offensive line is horrendous and they weren't that good last year. They were 10 and seven and eked into the playoffs and got hot. Um, but they weren't a good team, uh, you know, over the course of the longer haul. And for me, the Green Bay Packers, Russell, I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers is two leading wide receivers this year. We're both rookies, second round pick and like a fifth round pick. You know, they're, sure. they're, you know, Nick's loves the defense and I should, I was like, okay, defense or running game. I love that. But Again, I look at the losses that the Packers had, and they couldn't score any points. Like, how did they get better? You can't just have, throw a good defense out there and then expect your 40-year-old quarterback to keep pulling rabbits out of his hat. It's one of the reasons he's been upset. Um, you know, you're not helping me win. So if you're not going to help me get players, at least give me all the money. <laughs> so that seems to be the new way. Well, you're not drafting players for me. Give me $50 million. Okay, okay, okay. That worked. It, it is true that, you know, Rogers really has no one to throw to now. When Christian Watson's your number one receiver, I think you have a problem. I just didn't expect Minnesota to win by three touchdowns today. It was a dominant performance, and it kind of caught me off guard. But credit to Kevin O'Connor. Uh, all this new, oh, we're going to put, you know, five people in the box. And, you know, I know it's a passing league, but there it was 20 to 7. I turned that on at the end and turned it on in the fourth quarter. It's 20 to 7. Minnesota's got the ball. Green Bay's got six guys in the box. Minnesota just, okay, well, hell, we'll just run it. Ran it right down, ran five or six minutes off the clock and kicked a field goal. It's not rocket science. <laughs> you know, Helps having guys, Dalvin Cook as well. You know, they close they, they close the practices. You know, media, get out of here. We're, we're only for 30 minutes. Man, it ain't rocket science. It's not. You put six guys in the box while I'm trying to kill the clock, I'm going to run it down your damn throat. That's right. They did. Anyway, um, let's see. Lawrence is coming with some stars. He says, hey, guys, I heard Manny got told, why did he keep running in the red zone by sixth graders on his son's team? That kind of hum- humbled him since they lost. What I'm getting at is these video game kids are have a bigger understanding of the game. It's played nowadays. Should we be looking to somehow capitalize on that? Um, what? To a certain extent, yes. And I once saw an offensive coordinator that was so bad. I said, "You give me the online rankings of the ten best guys playing Madden, and I'll let him call plays over the oh, son, of a son of a that we've got now." 
Yeah, you watch Pat Shermer last year. You go pick out a random second grader from your local elementary school. He's a better play call than Pat Shermer. But I don't think, Lawrence, we have to uh, turn over that rock quite yet. We don't have to go that far outside the box. Is scouting Madden players and people on Xbox all day. You know, they, they are professionals for a reason. The coaches in the NFL and Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think it's more just a funny that his uh, that his uh, son's uh, teammates said more so than any sort of analytic uh, advantage they can have. Yeah, I came up with a, a phrase as I watched these same old recycled coaches who are terrible at their job is, you know, just because you have a job doesn't mean you're qualified for it. You know, it's like, oh, what do you know? You're not a coach. I know this guy's an idiot. That That's <laughs> what I know. That's what I know. There's like a million coaches. I have to be smarter than at least one of them. At least just one. Pat Shermer. <laughs> I'm not getting um, off this. I'm not. I won't ever. No, and, and I, I again, it's there's other smart people on the other side of the ball trying to stop you as well. Uh, Joseph comes in. He says, "Where's Philip Lindsay? Is on a team. He got re-signed by the Colts uh, for their practice squad. Yeah. Um, so he he is there. And Andrew Baker coming back in with some stars. He said, the, "I thought the 49ers might be our first loss, but losing against the Bears that should be a great game." And a great meet and greet. Yes, it is. I think both of us are planning on being at the meet and greet. Yeah, Zach? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, good. Uh, so we'll be there. And again, who was the quarterback last year, the rookie quarterback that got all the accolades that everybody was gushing about? Top 100 this, player of the year that, and was very, very mediocre. But mediocre for a first-year quarterback was actually pretty good. Do you is remember the name of this person? Davis Mills or Mac Jones? was Mac Jones. It was yeah. it was Mac Jones. Um playing quarterback in this league is freaking hard. And making your first start is hard. Trey Lance goes out there and it's an interesting call for me to do this. What they've done now they brought Jimmy G back. But in San Francisco don't you consider yourselves a contender, you know, a Super Bowl contender? Oh, yeah. Um <clears throat> And again, it is a 17-game season. You can go three and four, and you're not necessarily a rookie after three months in the league if you throw a bye week in there uh, and, and get it going again. But that was such a huge risk when you're doing well and especially to give up as much as they did. And to see that Trey Lance might struggle just a little bit, that shouldn't surprise anybody. It really shouldn't. I mean, the guy played at, what, North Dakota State? North Dakota? or something, what what level of football has he seen that is anything close, except practice, to what he saw against a what most consider a bad Bears team? That's still the best defense he's ever seen, ever, by far. Yeah, he got dr drafted, then he sat a year, and then he played the Bears today in the pouring, driving rain, no less. So that made it another challenge for him. I thought both quarterbacks, Fields included, were really mediocre. I really wasn't impressed by either of them, and maybe, just maybe, that Week 3 matchup against the 49ers will be a little easier for the Broncos. But hey, Scott, do you remember when the Broncos passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones and every quarterback, and then they got Patrick Sertan instead, and then they traded for Russell Wilson on top of that those were good times weren't they that's uh <clears throat> what do we say it, you know that's the long game you know you still needed a quarterback you know don't, don't make no mistake about that but the long game is okay well justin fields isn't going to help us this year we can get a corner we don't necessarily like justin fields and i've got my eye on another quarterback again i always you you, you tr go back and you grade things in hindsight 
what happened at the time? Well, why'd you wave that guy? You know, off your 53, you want him. Oh, because we're putting this guy in our, we're going to sign him tomorrow. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, why didn't you take a quarterback at nine uh, in a decent quarterback class? Because we're going to put together a package and we're going to go get a guy. And then we, we want to, we want this cornerback. Okay. Well, that makes sense. It's just, uh, you know, in the instant gratification, Twitter folks, podcast folks like us, we're not playing the long game. <laughs> we don't play the long game as well as a general manager. And that was one of the things, Zach, that I, I tried to talk to Nick about when I said Pat Sertan should be your guy at corner. Like, I don't know if he fits the scheme. I don't, no, throw scheme out the freaking window. Scheme is coach dependent and coaches last one or two years. Yep. Take You got to think like a general manager. General manager's thinking for the next 10 years. Who's the better overall player? Forget the scheme the scheme's going to change the players are going to stay the same and they better be scheme independent that's exactly you stole it the last second the word i wanted to use about a generational talent and i do think patrick sertan the second is a generational talent and those guys no matter what scheme zone man press off coverage they're going to win because they're that good um, and I see that Joe Brewer said hindsight is twenty twenty in response to what I just said. You know, Joe, I don't do this as much anymore, but I got to give myself some credit. I, I was so happy. I was among the very few that was so happy the Broncos passed on Fields, passed on Mac Jones because they got the next champ, Bailey, at cornerback. The only thing in hindsight, we didn't know a year later they'd pull off the trade for Russell Wilson, but we did know in George Payton's hands the Broncos are off to a very good start. And part of that is, is you have to remember, and Zach – Try not to get too angry when I say this. Zach wanted Drew Locke. So he didn't want another quarterback. He didn't want a rookie quarterback coming in. He was, Drew Locke can do this. Give him a chance. Let him go. I'm, I'm serious about this now. Yeah, I know. He, he, and, he and Chad were all about throw Drew Locke in there. He can get it done. So they didn't want a quarterback, which makes sense. I'm a little more skeptical. And, um, and Zach says, I think you're rubbing off on Scott. Good on you guys. You know, we can learn from each other for sure. So um, you can teach old dogs new tricks. Just takes a little longer. That's all. We tend to think alike, though, on most things. We see <laughs> things the same way, I, f- I feel like. so. Um, but no, you know, the first pot I ever came on, you know, I, I said, I, I sent, he said, you want to come talk draft with us? Chad did. I said, okay, what, do you, what are your needs? And he was like, cornerback. He said something else, something else. And then he finished with cornerback. I'm like, all right, well, you want Pat Sertan. That's your guy. He's the best cornerback in this draft for sure. And the other phrase that if I hope you all have learned is it's not, it's not the players that you miss that kill you. Okay. If Justin Fields turns out to be really good, that's not what hurts you. What hurts you is players you take that can't play. If you keep taking good players, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Pat Sertan was not going to hurt your team. He was going to make your team better. Even if he wasn't the quarterback you needed right then. It's a long game. Pat Sertan's young, super young. He didn't come out of here as double holdback, 28-year-old rookie. He's going to be here a long time. That's a good pick, even if it's not quite the pick you wanted. We need a quarterback. You'll get one. You hope. You hope. But, you know, I'll tell you what, Zach. We just talked about all these rookies in the league. I, I'd, Would you feel better right now, you know, with a second-year Trey Lance, or you feel like you're better, your chances are better with Russell Wilson? Duh. I know the answer to that. It's kind of rhetorical. 
Yeah, I think just a little bit better with Russell, but I, I'm still have high hopes for Trey Lance. I, I liked him a lot coming out of uh, college. I thought he'd be the best of that bunch, but we'll see. Uh, he's such a raw quarterback. He needs probably another year or so to really reach his potential. You know, you're right. I did want Drew Locke last year in 2021, uh, but this year I was resigning myself to, okay, Drew Locke, because Aaron Rodgers wasn't working out, and I literally tweeted, okay, Drew Locke and Malik Willis it is then. And then five minutes later, they traded for Russell Wilson. So I ate pro <laughs> heavily with that but I, I always I came around on Locke and I wanted a younger higher upside quarterback in the picture and that wasn't going to be Locke this season regardless of who yeah so again this was a year ago this was what more than a year ago this is a year and a half ago when you know when we're talking about you know so when 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 Zach's when Zach says I was happy with the Sertan pick I believe him for that reason you know, for that reason alone, because he's a good player, and I know he, he wasn't going to be high on taking a quarterback in that spot. It, it was more about Fields to me than it was Drew Locke. I just, I'm not, and I, I wasn't a, b- a big believer in Fields. I wasn't getting on that hype train like so many others were. But I might be wrong. I was, I was, yeah. and, and it, it might be, it might be uh, my bias because Trevor Lawrence was number one for me, and, and Justin Fields was number two. Those are two of my Georgia boys. Um, but I loved. Justin Fields toughness you know when James Skalski about cut him in half and then he goes and rips the ball 65 yards downfield in a college football playoff game yeah. I'm like and this kid's got it he's For just sure. got it um so I was I wanted the Falcons to take him at four and for knowing that the Denver Broncos it still seemed to me like you needed a franchise quarterback I did want the Broncos to take him at nine but I certainly never poo-pooed the pick of 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 uh pat sertan i wasn't one of those guys now i've poo-pooed taking a tight end and a wide receiver for the atlanta falcons for a team that can't run stop the run block pass or do anything i think it's stupid just like i said about the seattle seahawks what good is having your two best players being wide receivers if the rest of your team on offense is subpar okay i've got good skill players but my offensive line isn't very good and to be fair the seattle seahawks are in the process of rebuilding and are investing in the offensive line but it is a rebuilding team. This isn't a, 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 a ready-made playoff team right now. How about trading for a young quarterback and not starting him? I mean, I, I just can't fathom what the Seahawks are seeing in Geno that makes them believe. Even a deluded thought. They didn't trade for him. They, they, they didn't. Pretend. He was a throw-in, I know. But they like, traded for three first-round draft. They traded for five draft picks. That's what they traded for. Justify the trade, though, man. I mean, Geno Smith's not going to get anyone excited, and they'll learn that tomorrow night when the Boo Birds will come out, and not for Russell Wilson, but for their own quarterback, <laughs> Geno Smith. That I guarantee you. Yeah, I um, I just, um, again, that was that was kind of a throw-in. I, I feel like, you know, Locke was like, okay, we need we need somebody else in here. You know, I just, I don't think that Locke was a tipping point of that trade. Um, you know, getting Noah Fant was solid. Getting Shelby Harris was a pretty big piece, but it was really about all those, the, that, those draft picks. You know, I got, I got two starters, a possible starter and five picks again for what you needed as Denver Broncos. It feels like this was a good deal for us. This was a good deal. We got a guy for the next 10 years that can play quarterbacks that we needed. For what the Seattle Seahawks needed, which was they had a want-away quarter, uh, a want-away quarterback with two years left on his deal, and a decaying roster, they got a good return. They're thinking this is a good deal, and if, if if both of you are coming away feeling that way, it was a good trade. It was a good trade for all of you. Now, now it depends on what you do with those picks, and that's kind of the problem about trading for draft picks. Draft picks are uncertain. Getting a nine-time Pro Bowler has a lot more, uh, you know, certainty to it. But that's why it's so expensive, Zach. 
you know, which is one of the reasons I, when you got a chance to take a QB high, that's a pretty good idea to get one because God, it's expensive to get into the top five. Ask San Francisco, damn, it's expensive to trade for an established veteran, as you well know. I was going to say, I agree with you. The draft compensation was always the crucial component, but then they turn around, Scott, and use some of that compensation on two offensive tackles. So you trade away your franchise quarterback who was so sick of being hit and battered and sacked, and then you go out and get two uh, edge protectors. It's like when they take one step forward, the Seahawks are taking two backward, but not our problem. It, it, again, talking about the Seahawks, so that's a rebuild, though. You get your foundational tackles. Now I can block. Now I can go next year. I can get my quarterback and build them together instead of dropping Trevor Lawrence behind an offensive line. Cause that's one of the scary things when you're drafting that high is, am I going to get this guy shell shocked? You know, when I'm, the, the guys that are, the teams that are drafting that high are bad teams, you yeah. know, so you're sending a, a rookie quarterback to a crap team and you're surprised when he doesn't do well in his first year. This class is a bunch of busts, maybe. But I'm certainly not going to say that after one year when you're playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Chicago Bears, for God's sake. <laughs> I just think it shows the pettiness and the vindictiveness of uh, the Seahawks and how that relationship really went south fast because you trade away Russ and then a after what he said and the, uh, the criticism he leveled upon the Seahawks for not protecting him, then you go out and use two of the draft picks you got for him on linemen to block his successor at quarterback. So, again, that whatever they want to do in Seattle, that's on Pete Carroll and John Schneider. I feel really confident about Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, and George Payton, and we won't have to worry about this or talk about this much longer. It won't be in theory for much longer, Scott. We have less than 24 hours until this all comes to an end. The game's played, and we'll go from there. All right, before we get out of here, running up on 50 minutes here, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are already watching some more football and want to get to, to it, but this is the last time I'm going to see you until the gut reaction, and we can talk about this. So... Give me the 30-second the version or more so on, on what to expect for tomorrow. It might be a slower start offensively. Mm -hmm. They didn't play a snap in preseason. I don't think there's any correlation there as to the Broncos losing or winning this game or making the playoffs, but Russell Wilson and the offensive line, the receivers, they might need a quarter, two quarters, three quarters, whatever, to get going and find their footing. Fortunately, the defense should just uh, apply a stranglehold, I think, on Geno Smith and the Seahawks rushing attack. They'll take care of Rashad Penny, who's going to get his yardage because they're going to give him the ball so often. He'll have probably 40 carries and he'll get some yards, but really nothing worthwhile they'll make geno smith beat them and spoiler alert geno smith's not beating you so they'll be fine on defense and the offense will come back around in the second half i have this game like a 2016 2016 26 19 victory thereabouts for the broncos a win's a win's a win i don't see a blowout though and it's okay no for um for 45 points i believe that puts them at the over i think it's right at 42 43 um Real quick, want to hit uh, Carolise Palmer says we all supported Locke when he was our guy, but Gary Payton was saving us. Not Gary Payton, Gary Payton was very <laughs> good point guard though. The glove, uh, George Payton was saving his moves for after Vic. Yeah, you're not you're not investing. What am I gonna? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Vic Fangio and say you know who do you let, let's work together on this draft. <sighs> Whatever, come on. Uh, he was dead man walking. I. I, I when we came in here, the, the gut reaction on him getting fired was, I can't believe he was here this year at all. Honestly, you know, he, what was he, 5 and 10 and 24 or something in two seasons? And you got a new general manager come in. 
I can't believe he was retained, honestly. Um, so, and then just to just to clarify after I said that, Luke, uh, Broncos for breakfast will be tomorrow morning, but it'll, it'll, it's the last time we'll see Zach until the gut reaction. So I wanted to make sure um, we got his take. So Nick and I will be on Broncos for breakfast tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain, 6.30 a.m. Pacific. So bright and early. And if you want to hear me rag on the Falcons in the morning, you can hit my channel at 8.45 in the morning. Um, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, there's the, I won't be too harsh or too easy a target, man. It's like, you know, beating up the small kid. That's, that's just, there's no, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's just no glory in that, but I will yeah. talk about the, some of the good stuff. Cause again, my expectations were in the tank, you know, that they even played the saints within a point is a positive in my book. Um, no, for me, I, I think of this, like I said, like, like you said, and we've talked about, I expect a slow start. I, I really do. Um, you know, you, you haven't seen live bullets. Russell Wilson hasn't seen anybody, but Broncos defensive backs in a year, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The Broncos have some dang good defensive backs. Um, but it's different when you're throwing at those defensive backs and there's someone coming at you. That's not going to stop. Um, when, just because you're wearing a, 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 a different colored Jersey. Um, so it is different. It'll be a, a different speed might take quarter quarter and a half to get acclimated but you know what a good way to get acclimated is hand the ball off you know strength doesn't necessarily need time to sync up you know okay there's a guy in front of me i'm just gonna blast him um that's pretty easy there's just not a whole lot of scheming there so uh a early heavy dose of javante williams and melvin gordon uh kind of soften up get an early lead like a 10-3 at halftime, um, throw on 17 in the second half, and I'm thinking 27. What'd you say? What I'm thinking like 27, 16, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood, three field goals and a touchdown if they move the ball that well. Um, sounds about right to me. Uh, Broncos cover, um, win handily. If it doesn't look like a blowout, it still might feel like a blowout. A much more disciplined team, you're not turning the ball over, knock on wood. Uh, better special teams where you feel like you're always in control of the game, even if you don't necessarily run away for it. That's, that's my prediction. Yeah. It's a really good point about the running game because not only does it take the pressure off Russell Wilson and not, not make him a sitting duck back there 45 times, it can make it from, you know, second and 10 on an incomplete pass, let's say to second and three when you have Javante and Melvin Gordon. So that's a good point, Scott. I wouldn't be surprised if in the first half we see a lot more of the running game than we're all thinking. All right, well, uh, let me see here real quick. Um, always like to touch on our Twitch folks when they come in. So let's hit Savage Boy Kev and we'll hit Robot of Doom. Or who was calling you Roboto F Doom? I, I don't remember who that was, Robot of Doom. I thought that was kind of funny, actually. Um, so did you guys see the Raiders? Um, lots of turnovers, lots of pressure. Uh, Khalil Mack and, uh, and Joey Bosa are going to be a, a fairly scary duo this year. You, you can't double them both and, and still get the ball down the field very well. And Robot of Doom says, I was dying when the Raiders lost. So is that the first? I don't remember the schedule. I feel like the Raiders are the first uh, divisional game. Isn't that right? In the entire NFL? No, 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 no. For for the Broncos. For the Broncos. Oh, on the, the Broncos schedule. Um, I think like yeah, week four. Week four or five. Week yeah, four at like Vegas that. sound about right? I think, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But on that note, I think it's about time to uh, to get us out of here, Zach. 
all I want to say is Raiders is going to Raider. You know, they're going to keep, they're going to be that, you know, um, feast or famine team because Devontae Adams looked really good today. What do you have, like a buck 61 and a touchdown? But Carr also threw three picks, forcing the ball to Devontae Adams because his other options were taken away. So credit I'm to the Chargers. For freaking life, too. I've said a zillion times, you talk about corner, you talk about edge. Give me the edge, man. Yeah. The best defensive back in the world is a quarterback on his hindquarters. I think regardless, though, all these matchups in the West will be fun to watch. The Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs. It's going to be a fun season. Can't wait to get into it starting tomorrow. But that was the – the I, I thought I said MHI. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. The main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott at Scout Kennedy. Myself at Kelberman NFL. If you guys want some swag, you guys know what it is, where it is, huddleuppod.com. Check that out when you get a hot second. And Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest and our deacon a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But as you guys know, as you see ticking below you, if anything, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. One more reminder, we're off the podcast. Uh, Scott, Chad, and I, whoever's potting with me tomorrow, but Chad and I will be on the radio tomorrow afternoon if you want to check it out to get you ready for the game. Uh, 98.1 FM in Denver, milehighsports.com. Check that out 2 o'clock tomorrow, every weekday from 2 to 3 Mountain. But Scott... Before we get out of here, any last words heading into week one for the Broncos? I uh, want to say hey to Dean real quick, um, who, uh, who came in with some stars. It feels like a, a new name, so thank you for that. Welcome and then me. I guess the other thing is the what have you done for me lately crowd. I, you know, We're talking about the Chiefs, this and that, and the team we didn't mention, they didn't even play that well, and they still beat the hell out of the Super Bowl champs, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, they look kind of scary. They kind of toyed with the Rams. Yeah. I mean, three turnovers and you still win by three scores on the road. They're going to be fun to watch this year. Looking forward to a great season. Looking forward to Broncos yes, for breakfast tomorrow. We'll see you in the morning. By God, next time we see you, it'll be game day. Can't wait. Take care, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.